friends, Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, the podcast for IT professionals everywhere. This is a show where we try to come up with product stories and tips all in the IT industry. We focus on managed service providers, computer repair techs, system administrators, even talk to vendors in the channel. And we try to bring you everything that we can to help you do networking better, smarter, and faster. If you are watching live, this is the weekly show where normally I have guests on and we'll talk about all sorts of things. Our prearranged guest for this evening had to postpone, so I am efforting my backup guest that I have, and hopefully he will be joining us shortly. In the meantime, we're going to continue with the show, and we are going to add an element to the show that I don't normally do, even though I will talk about news topics from time to time. Of course, your Florida Man segments are very, very popular. I've got a few news stories that I think are going to be of interest to the IT community, so we will get right into that. And... uh Let's see. I do have some upcoming events that I do want to let you know about. Specifically, the week before Thanksgiving, that Wednesday, I believe it's November 23rd or 22nd. uh, Normally, the show would be on Wednesday evenings. But on that particular day, the show is going to be during the day. Last year, we debuted a show that I think... A lot of people enjoyed at least the comments that I got where we did a Black Friday preview. And I had my good friend Eric Pinto on and we talked about some of the things that you might want to be looking for in terms of either personal gifts or gifts for the business, technical things. Well, that show is going to expand this year. And right now we are talking about doing a two-hour show. And it will be sometime during the day. I don't know the exact time. We are probably looking for something to start around 10 a.m. to 12 noon. I know that Wednesday is a getaway day for a lot of people. So some of you might be cutting out of work early, which the wife would want me to do. So right now we're looking at doing a show from 10 to 12. And we're going to have actually multiple people on talking about a ton of gifts, both business tech consumer tech, home stuff, and I think it's going to be a good show. So put that on your calendars now, Wednesday morning, November 23rd, tentatively right now, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, your Black Friday preview. And let's see here. Let's go ahead and do something. Let's let's do the news. Now, normally I would do the news thing and we're going to talk Florida Man, but not today because we had a bunch of stuff. I was going to start with a story about ConnectWise. They recently had a bug that affected their server backup manager. And if you were self-hosting your ConnectWise, they needed you to patch a bug that uh, was affecting that. But we're not going to talk about that because the story that I want to start off with is it's not officially a news story, but there were reports that I saw out on the internet on the WWW that GoDaddy sent a cease and desist letter to PAX 8 telling them to stop helping people defederate their 365 accounts. Now, I can't confirm it. 
I am a Pax8 partner. I just don't do my 365 through Pax8, so not quite sure how to confirm. Uh, I reached out to a couple of people, have not heard back, but um, I just found that quite interesting that, first of all, let's go back a couple of years. We did a partnership, I guess you'd call it, with a company called Freedom Voice. They were a voice over IP company based out in California, a pretty good uh, product, very MSP friendly, and allowed us to resell voice over IP. And in fact, they were the first voice over IP company that I actually resold. Well, they get bought by GoDaddy, and GoDaddy proceeds to do nothing. And when I say do nothing, I mean literally do nothing. They do not continue any of the product research and development. Very shortly after the announcement, they decide, eh, we're not going to sell any new accounts. So you can't go out and sell new service. We'll continue to support the old service, but eh, new stuff, not going to be doing it. So no research and development, no fixing of problems that we had seen um, in the in the past, particularly the busy lamp field something that every provider except for Freedom Voice seemed to provide. And, of course, when GoDaddy took it over, they're like, yeah, we're not even going to look at it. So they did that, screwed it up. Then they send out a letter uh, recently that, no, they're not even going to supply phones anymore. So, yeah, you can continue to use the service, but good luck finding phones. So it has been quite interesting. So GoDaddy, first of all, has that on their reputation that I just find interesting. But to tell somebody to cease and desist. Now, again, I can't confirm this. At least nobody's gotten back to me yet. So if you are a Pax8 person that has talked with somebody at Pax8 or you want to have a Pax8 representative get in touch with me, please do. I would love to hear the official story, although you probably can't because legal gag order, who knows. But here's the thing. Microsoft 365 is not even GoDaddy's own product. They're reselling it. And they're going to tell another reseller, uh, you got to stop doing that. Yeah, we're going to send you a cease and desist. We're going to sue you if you keep telling people how to you know, move away from our, from our services. I just find that a little ridiculous. I mean, what next? You know, McDonald's is going to send a cease and desist or a cease and desist to Burger King you know what? You can't do burgers. You can't be telling people our fries suck. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Oh, Wendy's, you know what? You guys can't do your you know fresh cooked burgers over an open flame or whatever. Yeah, we're, we, we're the original uh, burger makers, you know, so you guys have to cease and desist. Or I saw somebody talk about the fact that that would be the same as telling somebody in the parking lot of Lowe's Oh, you know what? Don't go in there and buy the buy the Black and Decker drill. You want to go over here to the Home Depot and get it. And so Lowe's then tells Home Depot to cease and desist when it's it's ridiculous. That's all I got to say. Um, I, listen, from what I understand, I I have worked with GoDaddy. I have clients on GoDaddy. Their web stuff. If you are all in with GoDaddy, it seems to be fine. But if you are like a lot of us techs and you just don't enjoy 
how they handle 365 or how they handle the transfer of 365. GoDaddy, come on, get a grip. What the hell are you doing? Um, That just sounds so ridiculous. Now, here's the other. Oh, I just thought of this. So I work with a lot of law firms. So case management softwares, you know, LexisNexis, Clio, Litigy, or Litify, uh, Tabs, Practice Panther. I mean, are they going to send cease and desist letters to consultants who move customers from one product to another? You can't do that. It's, I mean, this is America, freedom of choice, cheese and crackers. I mean, come on. I'm sorry. I see people in the chat giving uh, <laughs> comments back. So, uh, yeah, GoDaddy. I mean, you know, again, I'm not even a PAX 8 user of the 365. I am a partner. I just don't use them for 365. But if I find out that they send a, a letter to App River saying, hey, don't tell people to move away from GoDaddy, I'm going to be like, you know what? Then I'll, then it's on. GoDaddy, ridiculous. All right. That's more than I wanted to talk about that. Oh, look, we have our mystery guest, my backup guest in the green room right now. So why don't I do this? Let me, uh, let's do something positive and talk about our sponsors for the show. And then we'll be right back with our guest. You're listening to the IT Business Podcast, the podcast for every IT professional. IT Business Podcast is presented by NetAlly the number one ally of network professionals everywhere. Live stream funded by Computers Done Right. And thank you to our partners, Tom Bull, Kyle Kenyon, Clark Stockdale, and Synchro. All right, we are back, and I have a fan favorite, the originator of PodNuts Pro, my predecessor, my friend, my donut man, Matt Rainey. Matt, how are you, sir? Oh, fantastic. Thank you. And how are you? I'm 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 a little heated. I uh I can tell. I need some angry tea. <laughs> <laughs> I had my own thoughts when you were going over that story too. Yeah. Yeah, like that's equivalent to Burger King saying, Hey, come get burgers at my place. Don't go to McDonald's. Right. Come to get your I mean, it's just that's ridiculous. It is. It Absolutely. is. And I don't think that can go anywhere. A season to this letter is one thing, but I don't think anything would come of it. I don't see how it can. I reached out to another person because there are links all over the internet of where to go to defederate, and they're not from PAX 8. So I reached out to one of the most popular places and asked them if they had you know, heard anything. And um, I, I know a lot of people probably have heard of them on here. Um, T-365.com is probably the number one linked article. There are others out there, but I just reached out to them because I know that they're probably the one that I've seen the most. So it, it'll be interesting to see if they respond and if they've heard anything. But that just seems- they started with PAX 8 just to test and see what happens if they send one of these letters. But it's so stupid. I mean, PAX 8, they're just another reseller. It's not like they're even competing with a different new patented product or something. It's not like GoDaddy, you know, oh, we created 365. You can't, I mean, it's Microsoft's <laughs> product. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's ridiculous. I've never, personally, I've never, ever used GoDaddy for anything, ever. And I've been doing this for 20-something years, and I've never used them. Yeah. 
So, all right, let's move on before they send me a cease and desist. <laughs> so, how you been, my friend? Oh, boy. Busy. Yeah? Um, you know, work stuff, personal stuff. Are you still uh, Are you still the uh, daddy daycare or the daddy cab? Oh, yeah. Well, she came up driving people around. Yes, yes. I'm still, I'm still the chauffeur. Not as much because she just either has a friend drive or she takes my wife's car. Okay. Oh, so, that's right. Like, she's, she's, she's of age. Oh, yeah. She'll be 18 in a couple of weeks. She just mags because I haven't bought her a car yet, which I told her. That's later. Just calm down. <laughs> Daddy, I need a car. Yeah. And I say, okay, Veruca. <laughs> no, I don't, you know, I still work from home most of the time. Mm-hmm. I, but it, it, I'm busy enough. I go to the office when I need to, as, as a, to show you how much I work from home. I got a new car a few months ago and I got an email saying, Hey, you should be hitting 7,500 miles. It's time for service for your first service. You know how many miles I have? 2,500. I was going to say 22. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just don't go. I just don't go many places. Well, it is going to be everything is a service, so I'm surprised they didn't have the car send them all of the service information. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to the dealer for service, so. All right. Do you have one of those types of cars where it has all that information and it sends you email alerts when the tires are low and all that stuff? So, No. My car does not have that. It so, has very few features. So is it, it a new? A is it a, new, a new car or new to you? Oh no, it's new. Okay, it's a new car. Just um, just it the, doesn't have many features. Just the base model. No, it's the high end model for the feature for the car. It just doesn't have that stuff. It, <laughs> I can tell you what it is. It's the car my my daughter calls the most impractical car in the world. Okay, what car is that? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll tell you what my past cars were. Okay, okay. So the first car, going back a ways, an Expedition XL, right, the extended land, uh-huh. the big one. Then two Avalanches, Chevy Avalanches. Then oh, then I got the Jeep Rubicon. Oh, because there's um, so much back road driving you can do over there. Yeah, well, I never took it off road, but you know, it's nice to take the top off. Um, then I got that big Toyota. Tundra. Tundra. That actually was a, it went to your house. Yeah. Okay. I just got it. So all big vehicles, you know, the, the last one, the Toyota being, it had like one inch to spare in the garage. So let me guess. A Prius? A uh, Mazda. Miata. Mazda. Mazda. Oh, hello, midlife crisis. See, that's what everybody says. <laughs> I say it's a midlife reward. Yeah. Okay. For who? For me, see that, that means I finally don't have to haul around other people. I can just have a two seater. Even when I had all those big cars, most of the time it's just me in the car. Now it fits very nicely in the garage. I can actually almost park three cars in the garage. So now you can drive that car here, and you and I can drive that up and down the beach and do something that it was meant for. We could, we could, you know, push button, top up or down in thirteen seconds. It's there nice. you go. All right, our wives would kill us, but. <laughs> when i'm at your place next year it'll be in a different vehicle oh, probably all right so tell us sir well first of all we missed you at TechCon. yes i would have liked to have gone i had 
quite a few questions about TechCon. I yeah. know we're not going to get into that here, but that could be a good show where somebody who at, like an interview you about TechCon for oh. other future attendees or people who couldn't go. Because I, I had a lot of questions about it. Okay. And I'm sorry I couldn't go. I'm hoping to go next year. Heard y'all had a good time. We did. We did. And it'll be a new venue. It'll be in, well, it's touted as New York. You can but, see New York from there, right? But just like everything else, it's in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I, I yes. So I told my calendar to go. It was just funny because I put in my calendar to go. And since I put in my calendar, I've heard already two or three trips pop up that I have to go on in addition to the other two or three trips I already had planned. So we'll see. All right. We'll see. So tell us business-wise what's been, what's been happening. Any good stories? Oh. We had so what was that issue we talked about ConnectWise? We host our own ConnectWise. So it was the we have issue, we have had plenty of issues in the past couple of weeks. Part of that is because we were running a version four years behind and we had to upgrade. Yeah, they had a critical remote code execution vulnerability that they had to patch. But if you were self hosting, you had to do the automatic you had to do the update yourself and you were supposed to upgrade to the new SBM version 6.16.4. I don't know if that means anything to you, but... Uh, no, it, I wasn't doing the upgrades. It uh, des- described the bug as one involving improper neutralization of special elements in output used by a downstream component. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, it looks like it was detected by Huntress. Oh, so we use Huntress. And it was tied to an authentication bypass vulnerability in a previous version of the Java library. So that's where it looks like it uh, was found. So congrats to Huntress. So we, and of course, I'm sure everybody is having all the issues with the MFA and the modern authentication. Of course. Yeah, so we've been doing a lot of that. Yep. All all the 2013 users that are told, oh, (sighs) upgrade. That is so funny because, you know, I'm sure as you have been, I've been telling everybody when I see them on 2013, hey, one day this is going to stop working. Let's upgrade now because it's going to stop working. When that day comes, it's not going to be convenient. I guarantee you. I can't tell you. 100, 200. I don't know how many calls I've gotten over that in the past couple yeah. of weeks. Now, what are you what are you recommending to them? Are you making them upgrade or are you doing the registry hack? So... I show them how to use Alec Web Access and tell them it's time to upgrade. Okay. Because most of those people are running computers that are eight years or older. Mm-hmm. And if they're on Windows 7, some of them running Windows 7 in 2013. Yeah. I mean, I use Alec Web Access and I get you a quote for a new computer. But, you know, you fix one thing on an eight-year-old computer and they just think that it can last forever. Right. Which is what we've done as well. I'm actually, I've got six computers up right now that we're basically replacing that still Windows 7. 2013, and I said, okay, it's time. Are you getting the pop-ups? Are you getting calls of people saying, hey, I, I have 14 days left before they enable security defaults? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Adobe activation, where uh, oh. <laughs> Adobe 2017 is being told that their license has expired. Oh, really? I don't think we have anybody on that. Even though, but- it's, even though it's their perpetual product <laughs> and not the subscription. Well, they can just upgrade for free. Yeah. But the security defaults, it seems they're pushing that out to a lot of uh, portals now that they're going to turn on security defaults. Yeah, that was supposed to be it was supposed to be yesterday. Well, I got a lot of clients who were today. I had two or three, and 
it says 14 days. Oh, okay. So I guess they're all being rolled out differently. Probably. But I have not found a way to turn that off. It looks like it's going to be enabled no matter what you do. Maybe you can turn it off after it's been enabled. I, you know what? I probably should go back and look. I think I saw where you can go into Azure and temporarily turn it off, but that Microsoft's just going to turn it back on. And so here's my issue. Here's my problem with MFA. Okay, I think MFA is good. I'll say that it's not. It's not good. It's not bad. But here's my issue with MFA. Right now, if somebody does not have MFA, and they fall for one of those emails where they put their password in, right? So they give up their password. Now, of course, the bad guy logs into their email and sends out more email. But the bad guys also just have to the password because people reuse passwords, right? So now they take that password and they go. They might go try and log in other places. They just want your password. Right. But let's say so you know that they're in because they start to send email from your account. That's how you know that they usually. Right. I get a call. Hey, emails being sent from my account. Right. And that's what I'm sure you get too when that happens. So we know the password was given out, so we can tell them to reset the password. We secure the account. I give them the whole spiel. If you reuse this password on anything, you've got to go change those accounts. Those passwords, bank, Netflix, Amazon, wherever you use it, go reset it. But let's say you have MFA and you fall for one of these email scams and you put your password. Now you have MFA, so they won't get into your email account, right? But you still give up your password. So if you reuse that password at other sites, yes, they can't spread more, but they still have your password. And now you don't know they have your password because they're not going to give it a second thought. Oh, it didn't work. Whatever. I'm going to close it. But they still give up their password. To me, that's that's an issue. Well, but you know what the recommendation is for that is have MFA everywhere. Well, and don't and don't reuse passwords. I was going to say don't reuse passwords everywhere. But people do it. But people do. Well, of course, because they all don't want to pay for LastPass to be able to have LastPass everywhere. Yeah, but it's common to reuse the passwords. You also tell them. I have two yesterday that. Donald Lincoln put their password in, and the email was so ridiculous. It looked like it was written by a third grader in a foreign language. Nothing was correct, but they still clicked on it and put their password in. Right. And then her work email password didn't work, so she put her personal, personal email password in, too. I mean, they don't know what the email account is, right? But they, she still put another password in. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. And, you know, the whole idea of, you know, MFA uh, reusing passwords. And uh, I mean, a lot of it comes down to, you know, there was a report out last week about cybersecurity awareness training where, you know, they said something like 50, 56% or I don't know what the number is, where a lot of the American workers are saying they're not getting cybersecurity awareness training, which would include the phishing simulations to teach people Hey, if you see this type of email, don't click on it and don't do what you're supposed to. Now, 56 doesn't sound like a lot, but you would think after all these years, we have been trying to push and push and push that the number wouldn't be that high. And again, I don't know if that's the right number. I'll have to go back and find that, but that's a high number. I mean, what I've told some clients is if you're ever unsure if it's a real link, just type gibberish in the password field. If it's the wrong password, everyone knows what happens when you put the wrong password in the legitimate password field. It'll tell you it's not correct. When you put the wrong any password in these fake email things, nothing happens, no matter what you type in. So if it was a real link, it would know if the password is correct or not. 
I'd say just just type in gibberish the first time and see what happens. Or call your IT department. <laughs> <laughs> they want to save money. Of course, that costs money. Yes. Yeah. So does giving away the ability to wire transfer. <laughs> yeah, but that's legitimate, obviously. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, so, you know, keeping busy. Um, oh, there was something else. I just lost it. Don't you hate when I have I should, I should make notes, but I've been so busy today, I didn't get to make any notes. Mm. So I had a customer. I got an email back tonight. It was after hours, so I won't deal with it until tomorrow. I sent out a quote for a network upgrade, and they've got a small business server 2011 that it's finally time to get rid of. This is a new client to me. I've, I've only had them for a few months, and we got them just by doing their backup initially and telling them that at some point we'll obviously need to upgrade their stuff. So they have an old HP server. And they've got a bunch of old Dell computers. And I kind of got away from what I would normally do where we would supply all of the computers. But I let them do, they had a big old deal where they could get, you know, some computers at a discount. And I let them do it and I got those set up. But for the server, we're actually not buying them a server. We're doing a Synology NAS. And we're doing a virtual server because they do have to have a server for QuickBooks and a timekeeping product. But it doesn't have to be a domain system. There's only 10 computers. So we're going to put in Synology, use the directory server and the domain through the Synology. We'll add the server to the domain so that they can run their QuickBooks and their time clock stuff. And then all the workstations will set up through the Synology directory server, get them access to their storage drives because all they really need is access to Word docs, pictures, and stuff like that. So we send them a quote for the Synology, which includes the Windows server license and all of that information. They give them, we're doing uh, SSD drives for a couple of the bays that's going to run their virtual server so that it's a decent speed. The model that we're getting is, it's I think it's the 3622 so it allows us to go up to 48 gigs of RAM, and that way I can dedicate 32 to the server if needed. I think I can probably get away with 20, and then all the rest would be for their storage. We're setting them up with just 36 terabytes of, of data, and then we'll have a bunch of space to expand in the future. So the server Synology by itself was 9,300, and it was you know maxed out with memory, maxed out with the NVM drives and all of that stuff. And so he sends me something back afterwards saying, hey, I found this at BH Photo for $3,500. can not we just use this one? Of course. <laughs> like, I mean, they buy their workstation somewhere on, a, on the cheap. They're going to want to do the same thing for every yeah. component. But I'm going to send them back and say, first of all, no. And second of all, the one that you suggested will not do all the stuff that we spec this one out for. So we'll see what he says. And all their stuff is currently running on an SPS 2011. So here's the thing. It's a, it's basically a store and their, their main software is a POS software that runs in the cloud. And it's only running on two stations. The bulk of their work are four graphics computers where they create uh, posters and 
graphics for their websites. And so all they need really is storage for those files, which are the PDFs, the graphics, the pictures and videos. So really all they need is storage. They're not really running anything that's server-based except for the QuickBooks on the two accounting computers or, or sales and accounting, and then their time clock where they punch in and punch out. That's it. So just two computers running QuickBooks? Yeah. Uh, actually, well, it's three, but there's two there full-time, and then one's the owner. He wants it whenever he is there. Okay. I might just put QuickBooks database server on one of the workstations. Well, I thought about it. I thought about doing just, I was just going to run a Windows 10 in the virtual machine and keep it on the Synology. But the time clock, the time clock that they're running, it's weird. It's, it's, it, it is a server client. So, and there's a couple of components to that. So it's like, you know what? I'll just do the server. That way I won't have to fight anything down the road. I still got one or two left on SPS 2011. I've got the email off of it because I told them we have to get the email off of it. That's the first step to getting off of the server because when it dies, I don't want you to have to save the email too. So we got them off the email. And in fact, both of those clients, when they need new computers, I don't even join them to the domain anymore because I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to worry about y'all just map a drive to it. It's all they do is map a drive. So I just leave them local and, create a script putter and start the map to drive. When the server dies one day, they won't necessarily be down. I just go change DHCP to the watch guard and they'll, yeah. they'll lose their, they'll lose their data drive, but they still can work and that'll have to be restored. But yeah, you, know, you can only warn them so much. That is true. So the Synology, I've, and I don't know if you've probably haven't listened to any recent shows, but we did this with another client and I like, the Synology directory server where you can do the map drives. You can add, you can upload scripts for the users um, and you can create a domain. It's not a full active directory domain, but it's good enough for those smaller networks. You can't do the group policy unless you uh, do, you know, the remote uh, server tools on another server or a workstation or whatever. But for these clients, we don't need it. You know, we're going to run everything off of the dashboard anyway. So that, I mean, system state, let's say, that backs up, and if the thing died, you can restore all that to another box? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't use Synology, do you? Uh, we've, we've got one or two out there, but not really. Oh, Matt, you've got to get on board, man. Synology is it's the shizzle. Yeah, it seems, it seems like a way to go, for sure. I mean, so it's got backup capabilities where it'll back up its own operating system it'll back up the virtual machines it'll back up your data if the if the box itself dies you can literally pull those drives stick them in another box and it'll recognize oh you've already got synology dsm running do you want us to just restore this boom 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 good to go or if there's something with the virtual machine you can again it's it, you know it's in a virtual machine so you just move that to wherever you need it to hyper v or another synology virtual machine or you can run vmware on it yeah see i would like to try that i think my my partners tend to lean toward going more toward azure ad yeah in the cloud instead of doing that but i would like to give it a try yeah i'm going to look at that because i do have one client we just so we picked up a client that's uh there are 70 users but it's a co-managed situation they've got a tech on site um we're going to probably give them a synology as well for their storage 
even though there's that many users, they don't do anything that's true Active Directory needed. So we may do a similar thing where we run all of their storage on the Synology. We run their, we're probably going to do Azure Active Directory for just them to log in, authenticate, and and do some other stuff. So that'll be that'll be a project that we'll, we won't start until next year. Yeah, it's fun. Did you remember what you were? No. No? <laughs> it's been a long day. So I should just continue on with my news stories? Yeah, and I got to run a minute just to let you know. I just Before I got on, I realized I had to drive across town to pick something up. But. Oh, you're going to put uh, 2,201 miles on? I know. I got to take my car because my daughter has the other car. So I have to go to the cross town and... I'm going to let my wife go in the store while I stay and guard the car. The question has come in from the chat. Are you using the lightning protectors on the nick of the Synology? And that is a good question. We have not done any of those just yet. And actually, I got to find that link, uh, those lightning protectors. It's been a while since I've done those. So I'm sure that they've improved. I remember a long time ago, those things would cause problems trying to put those on the network cards, but I haven't used those in a long time. I'm sure they've improved. They better have. <laughs> they, were, they were terrible. <laughs> you know, 10 years ago, they were terrible. Yeah. First troubleshooting step was to remove that thing and just plug the network car straight in. Yep. All right. So you got to go drive across town. All right. That's late for you, man. Is, 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 isn't it dark yet? You don't drive after dark, do you? I drive after dark if I have to. Maybe I'll put the top down. It's nice out here today. Mm-hmm. That's the nice thing, right? The Jeep, you know, have a, I still have the hoist in the garage. You have to back the Jeep up, hook up the hoist, host the, host the top, you know, above driveway. It was a whole thing. You know, it took 10 minutes. This takes 13 seconds to just. Yeah. Now, is, now is, it a, is it a hard, soft top or is it a soft, soft top? I know it's a hard top. Okay. Retractable fastback, the RF version. So it's a hard top. All right. So it shouldn't leak in a few years is what you're saying. It better not leak. <laughs> I'm not buying the electric version. I want the gas one. So they come out with an electric one. I'm sticking with this one. Oh, it's not even a hybrid? Oh, man, gasoline all the way. You are so non-green. <laughs> I am green. I don't drive much. You boomer. <laughs> I don't drive much. So I'm green. Look, I, I drive one-third less than the average person. That is true. Or two-thirds left. Two-thirds less than the average person. So speaking of driving, so your office now, you know, you know according to Florida man, COVID's over. So do you guys yeah, have COVID plans? Over. Do you guys have plans to go back in the office full time or will you be doing this hybrid work from home forever? I don't have plans. Really? I have, let's see, we have, well, the two partners, they go in, they go in, receptionist goes in. One of my texts goes in kind of often. One text there, I tell him he has to be there the whole time. So another one of my texts, he's remote most of the time. He only goes to the office if he has to pick up a part. And I remote most of the time too. So the thing is, I got my whole office here. I have these, it doesn't matter if I'm here or at the office. It doesn't affect my job at all. So there's no reason for me to go back. All right. Yeah, COVID's over. Flu's back. Now what is it? The RS1, RSV or something? I don't know. Flu's going around, though. You didn't see flu, the flu for years. It was all COVID. Yeah. Now the flu's back. And my daughter had it. So. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, friend, I'll go ahead and let you go. Uh, thanks for hopping on. And 
being my backup for tonight. I like the backup position. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Speaking of backup, I'll go into the next story about how only one in five organizations follow the three to one backup rule. Surprise is that many. <laughs> oh, great. I'm about to leave, but I'm going to listen to that uh, later on for sure. All right, sir, Matt, thank All you right. much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. So Matt Rainey there from Louisiana. And we will continue. And that story that I mentioned that I got from this is it's actually from last week. Uh, posted in the HIPAA journal, and I'm assu- I'm assuming that this you know pertains mostly to the healthcare industry, but of all the industries that need to make sure that their stuff is taken care of, healthcare is a horrible one, and so it has been determined that one in five in 2021 were actually doing the three two one backup rule. So let me get to a lot of this uh, article actually talks about ransomware and how ransomware obviously is up and they talk about what to do during an attack. And in order to be able to recover quickly from a ransomware attack, healthcare organizations need to be proactive and develop, implement, and test a security response plan, which includes an effective backup strategy. And Last month, uh, they had a whole documentation on this, but what they found out was of all the ransomware attacks that happened in 2021, only 8% of companies were able to recover all of their data after paying the ransom. And this was, well, um, let's see, many organizations fail to follow the best practices and only discover after an attack that their backup procedures are insufficient. Uh, many healthcare organizations rely on the cloud for storing backup um, and only the cloud and not backing up um, in other places. So their backup was in one location, blah, blah, blah. So the three, two, one rule for those of you who do not know, and by this time you should, uh, basically it involves creating a minimum of three backups of data in at least two different locations with one of these copies being stored securely offsite which means the three backups consist of primarily the primary backup and at least two copies. But despite the, this being the best practice, the recent survey conducted by Apricorn for its 2022 global IT report revealed that many of the organizations do not follow. And so of the 8% that were able to fully recover their stuff, the survey revealed that only 18% of organizations were following this 3 one rule with only one in three organizations having backup data in the cloud and on an encrypted hardware storage device. So it's interesting that 72% of respondents said they do backup daily, but only 18% say that they backup data in real time. So I know that this pertains, like I said, to the healthcare industry. This is out of the HIPAA journal, but I suspect that a lot of the rest of the world is following suit. So 18% is not a lot. We need to uh, step up as IT providers and do a, a lot better. And on that same note, another report that came out just yesterday, looks like it's reported by CNN, U.S. financial institutions reported more than $1 billion in potential ransomware-related payments in 2021 more than double the amount from the previous year 
and the most ever reported, according to the Treasury Department. Uh, the five hacking tools that accounted for the most payments during that period are all connected to Russian hackers, according to the report from the Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, which is FinCEN. So I will have links to all of these articles that you can follow. And yeah, if only one in five are doing the three, two, one backup rule, then it uh, makes sense that the United States would be paying more than $1 billion in potential ransomware products or payments. Because you know what? If you had a good backup, you wouldn't have to pay the ransom. But then again, if you had good cybersecurity awareness training, you wouldn't have to do that either. So, all right. So let's see here. Hello. Thank you for those that were in the chat and leaving comments. I see Lady Di, John, Chris, Mr. Bull. Thank you guys very much. Why don't I use this time to, again, I want to alert people to a programming note that Wednesday, November 23rd, there will not be an evening show. It will be a daytime show from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, which is the planned time for now. But please pay attention to uh, the IT Business Podcast website, Facebook group, YouTube channel for when the times actually happen. We will be doing a Thanksgiving Black Friday preview on that day. Uh, Let's see. I've got a note here. Oh, so I received an email earlier today that I sure those of you that are using Synchro will also receive this email. Actually, it was yesterday from Channel Chief Ian Alexander. We just launched new customer and technician efficiency reports. These reports will empower you to identify opportunities such as underperforming, or overperforming technicians to properly align their skill sets with the tickets and customers they are taking on. And it will identify VIP customers and customers that are consuming inordinate amounts of time diminishing their contract value. So this is, I know, something that the Synchro users were asking for along with some other things. And those of you that were thinking of moving away from Synchro, uh, You remember that Emily Glass, the CEO, was on the show last month encouraging you to stay the course, that a lot of things are coming, uh, a lot of things are changing. They will be making a lot of the improvements that have been asked for. So that was one thing that was announced, Ian Alexander, our good friend in the channel. So things are on the up and up for Synchro, which reminds me that if you want to support the show – Synchro has provided me with a very generous uh, offer for those of you. If you are not using Synchro, head over to the itbusinesspodcast.com slash sponsors. So Synchro has put on that page an affiliate link for me that if you have not signed up for, for Synchro, you can do so. And if you... Uh, da, 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 Become a Synchro partner. They will send you a $500 gift card. So the link is there. And actually, let me throw this in the chat. So those of you that are watching either live or later, the uh, SynchroMSP.com with the code ITMARV. Uh, So go over there, sign up for a demo. And if you become a partner, now I'm... Trust me, folks, you don't just get the card right away. You you got to kind of, you know, got to stay with them a little bit. And, you know, I think it's two or three months. You got to stay with them and, and use their stuff. 
But hey, that's a good incentive. If you're looking to make a change in your RMM, you're looking to add a PSA uh, and an all-in-one solution, Synchro might be one for you to look at. And then also on the uh, sponsors page, again, itbusiness.com slash sponsors, uh, our presenting sponsor, NetAlly, the live show sponsor, Computers Done Right, Synchro, Mauerbytes, Fabs Auto Backup. And if you want to host your own streaming audio podcast or webinar or something, uh, there's also a StreamYard affiliate code there. So that is going to do it. We will be back next week. I have, we are not rolling over the guest so the guest from today was supposed to be from Kaseya. Uh, we will get that rescheduled. But next year, I mean next week, we have another new guest of the show, Anya Khan from Rise Visible, uh, an award-winning agency for web design, SEO, and marketing. And this is somebody that is not tied to the tech industry, but I wanted to get a little bit of a different perspective on uh, Anya, because she is a female in tech. It's a woman-owned business. She also is a champion for disabilities, uh, diversity, and all of that. So we we get a different perspective of somebody else in the tech industry, not necessarily in our channel. And I told you I would be trying to give you new shows with new perspectives. And so that is what we'll be doing next week. Anya Khan from risevisible.com. Thank you all for hanging out with me. And if you're watching live, I thank you pretty much uh, all the time, but I thank you with sincerity. This is a show that we do every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. And the fact that (laughs) I'm reading the chat people, sorry. And uh, yes, another marketing person and, uh, For a no marketing Marv position, yes, another marketing person. But it's not going to focus on marketing, so you can can look forward to not being pushed in that direction. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that we're going to talk about, and it should be a good show. Uh, Again, thank you all for watching. I hope that, you know, you'll come back, not just next week, but, you know, anytime we have a live show Wednesday. If you are listening by audio, uh, we appreciate that as well. If you do not subscribe to this on a regular basis, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com, click on the follow, and you will see on the right-hand side of the website all the different places that you can listen from Apple Podcasts to Google Podcasts, iHeart, Pocket Cast, Castro. Select one of them, and you'll be notified any time that there is a new show dropped, either audio or video. Um, good, Good stuff. That's going to do it. Thank you all for hanging out and listening and joining the show. We'll be back again real soon with another episode. But until next time, holla.